Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the premiere of Inspiring Parents. I'm Marianne Russo, and I am so excited to bring you our newest show on the network. Um, as I've been saying for years, for a special needs parent, there is no better resource than one who's been there. And on Inspiring Special Needs Parents, we will feature parents that are going to share their struggles, their triumphs, and their messages of hope. And, um, you know, through these interviews, it's my goal to inform you, inspire you, educate, and support you. And, um, you know, my first guest, I am just in awe of. Angela Eaton, I have admired for years. She is a brilliant photographer. She's an amazing mother. And um, she really just fits so well into the message that I'm trying to bring to parents, which is to really look behind the behaviors to find the reason. And when you listen to Angela now, you are going to hear an incredible story of the reasons that she found behind her daughter's behaviors and how her life and her daughter's life has now, now changed. So, Angela, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Marianne. I appreciate you asking me to be on. You are my, yeah, you're my first guest. I'm so oh, excited. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, first tell us, how old is your daughter? She is now 11. She's in the sixth grade. And, you know, your daughter's problem started early on, or, you know, you started noticing some issues with her. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what, you know, first caused you to have some concern and, um, you know, different uh, journeys that you took trying to find answers for it. Sure. Uh, Looking back, she's my first child, so, of course, I didn't know any different, but I could see these signs from very, very early on. Um, since she was probably a baby, toddler, I could see these things. But in general, um, I would say that she was just a hard kid to handle. She was um, oppositional. She really had a difficult time following and listening to directions. She was always getting into things. She had difficulty sleeping. Uh, she Then when she got a little bit older in elementary school, started seeing difficulty with spelling and handwriting and writing assignments. And, of course, the common thread through everything was anxiety, which I came to recognize. I didn't really understand it at first, uh, but it became very clear uh, in certain situations a little bit later on uh, in elementary school. Well, anxiety often manifests itself or presents itself as anger um, or, um, you know, negative behaviors in children, and that's something that parents really have to be aware of. And, you know, we've spoken about this before, that anxiety is really at the root of many of these children's disorders. Um, it's true, or, you know, and, and alternatively, you can look at it, um, and, and what I'll discuss is when you're dealing with a difficult issue and you're not being able to function well, that in itself causes a lot of anxiety. So it's hard to know which causes which, you know? Right. And she was having struggles at home and at school. I mean, some children just have difficulties at home, and some children just have difficulties at school. So she was really struggling in all aspects of her life. And her behaviors were becoming so troublesome that she was actually um, misdiagnosed as bipolar or oppositional defiant disorder, right? Right. We we never really received an official diagnosis, but um, 
those things got tossed around. And of course, um, ADHD. Um, we did the neuropsych uh, testing. It came up with, you know, maybe ADHD, anxiety, maybe. We started seeing a psychiatrist, and, you know, we tried various drugs, different diagnoses, but nothing quite fit. Well, or worked, I would assume. It's the alphabet Correct. soup. Correct. You know. Right. Exactly. Right. And, you know, I'm just, I, I really just want you to explain to parents how you unraveled it, because I've been in your shoes. Um, you know, and we're not saying that life is perfect now, but, you know, huge gains have been made. So how did you start to unravel it? How did you find what you found? And then tell the parents what it was underlying all of these behaviors. Okay, sure. Um, what happened was um, in elementary school, even though she had some behavioral problems and anxiety, she did perform fairly well, um, but it it seemed to reach um, a point where she, her difficulties started um, kind of weighing heavier than her successes. So, in other words, I think that you could probably say she's twice exceptional, very bright, but she had these difficulties that were holding her back, but the brightness was able to carry her through. But when she got into fourth grade, um, that's when it really started hitting her academically uh, and emotionally. So I got her a tutor uh, for the academics, and I just asked the tutor a question on the side. I said, why do you think Meredith might be having so much trouble with spelling? And she asked me one question back that really opened the door to everything that I discovered. She said, well, is your daughter a visual learner? And I really didn't know. I never had, you know, determined what type of learner she was. But I said most likely because she's very artistic, creative, always drawing, um, you know, just that type of, of kid. So I went, you know, back to the drawing board. Of course, I looked up information on visual learning. Um, and I thought, oh, this might, you know, this might help out a little bit. I thought, oh, it might just help me to teach her better. I thought I would just maybe get a little bit of relief, but certainly had no expectations that I was going to open up this uh, <laughs> this this whole box of information, this whole, well, it just turned my world upside, upside down. So one day uh, my daughter came home from school and I said, pictures really work for you, don't they? And she said, yeah. She said, do you want to see my picture for 9 plus 7? And I was taken aback. I said, what do you mean your picture for 9 plus 7? Wow. And she drew out for me um, 9 plus 7 equals 16, but 9 was a character, 7 was a character, like a person, and there was this storyline. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I said, do you have pictures for every number? And she said, well, of course, Mom. <laughs> I said, you know, this was new to me. Then it turns out that, um, I discover she has a picture for not only every letter, but every word. She has pictures for uh, all sorts of things. And not only that, she explained that she has sort of a mental filing cabinet where she stores all of these pictures. And she has sort of a little mental assistant um, who she named Meredith. Now, her name's Meredith. She named the assistant Meredith which is kind of an interesting thing if you look at it from a dyslexia standpoint. Oh and this little girl, <laughs> this little girl helps her retrieve all of the pictures when she needs them. 
she described this little girl as wearing a uh, school girl uh, school uniform, uh, you know, with a plaid skirt, a white shirt, she had glasses on. So this just blew my mind. I well, you know what really it. is interesting about that to me is that that could have so easily have been misdiagnosed. I mean, it could have been just considered an imaginary friend, or since she had so many other issues, it could have been misconstrued as something much more serious. When it's it's a brain or something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, ruminations, you know, it's... it's it, and you, it was, you were just so fortunate that, you know, you didn't go that route. Because I know my daughter, um, she also is a visual thinker. She doesn't think um, in pictures and – she thinks in pictures and movie snippets, um, but very different from what you're going to describe. But um, when she was very, very young, she had to find a way to organize her thoughts. And she created an imaginary thought box. And it was on the foot of her bed. And when she had too many thoughts or too many things going on that were causing her anxiety, she'd have to put them in the box and just take them out one at a time. And you find a lot of these really gifted children find ways. They're very resilient. They find ways to almost self-treat. Mm. It is amazing, isn't it? So she, she well, I mean, it had to be exhausting for her to have to have the friend and have this um, filing system. Well, here's the thing, Marianne. That that is um, almost everybody's initial reaction when I tell them this. But what I have come to learn is that visual thinking is about twenty to thirty thousand times faster than mm-hmm. verbal thinking. So right. it is so fast. It's not. It doesn't take effort. It's so fast, and that actually is part of the problem because when you're such a fast thinker, you you know can project what you think is going to happen. You you know, you sort of leapfrog ahead and, and write out a whole scene before it even happens. And then you get upset when it doesn't go the way that you think it should go. Exactly. So, yeah. Yes, but very true. Thing, yeah. Marianne, here's the thing that really was just a blessing because, as you said, um, I could have gone off in some really scary directions with this. But right. as soon as my husband came home from work, of course, I grabbed him, took him in the bedroom, and I said, oh, my gosh, you'll never believe this. Meredith thinks in pictures. She has a filing cabinet. She has this little girl. She, you know, wears this uniform. And my husband said to me, I have a filing system. Wow. <laughs> Did you do? And he said, he goes, and my guy wears khaki pants. And I went, What? Wow. So right there. I didn't that's know just, that. No, that, that's the kicker. That is Because so cool. then immediately I knew, okay, this is just something that's been passed down. But how amazing. They did not know that each other thought that way. I did not know that either of them thought that, that way. Did he know that other people don't think that way? No. Well, I don't know. I think he said that he never said anything because he thought people would think he's crazy. So maybe, right. maybe he okay, did. Okay, so but, he was aware it was different. Yeah, okay. So anyway, um, it just boy, what a, it just opened up this this amazing. Now this journey. all sounds fun. This all sounds fun, but in reality, um, it it did cause problems for her as far as um, you know labeling pictures and word. Um, so so explain the difficulties and then tell everybody what this is because there is a name for this. Well, um, I'll tell you what. What I did is I, I, of course, went online and started researching this, and I finally decided to work with somebody that I found. Her name is Dr. Sherry Florence. She 
has discovered um, this type of mind, and she has uh, called it a maverick mind or mavericks. And basically, um, in a nutshell, people in general, um, what she has discovered, use two kinds of thinking, a, a visual thinking system and a verbal thinking system. And generally, people will switch uh, between the two based on what they need. Um, so if they're trying to um, think of what something looks like, they'll use their visual thinking system. Then if they have to think about how to spell a word, switch, they'll switch to their verbal system. So on a bell curve, most people use both, but there are these outliers. And on the outline side of the uh, visual thinking are what she calls the mavericks. So what happens is when you have somebody that thinks so much in pictures, um, strictly visual thinking, it can it's so strong that it can form an enemy relationship with the verbal side, or you could say the left side of the brain. Um, and, you know, it's this, you'll see a lot of problems with listening, speaking, reading, and writing. Those are the verbal areas. Um, so, in a nutshell, we worked with Dr. Sherry Florence. She has designed some therapy to help these extreme visual thinkers to um, kind of teach their verbal thinking system how to operate better and eliminate that enemy relationship. And so we did that, and after a period of time, we saw much improvement. I have now understood what makes my daughter tick. And now I really, really do appreciate it as a gift. And that sounds so cliche, but no, it doesn't. really, it's it really is such a wonderful thing. And I guess my message to parents um, is, well, first of all, you never know what you're going to find. I mean, look what I found. And I haven't even, and we haven't even talked it's about the synesthesia. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Um, you know, synesthesia, um, you know, it also... Um, you know, it, it adds to the coloring of words, and it just—it's—you know—I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, educating her, you know, finding the right educational choice for her has to be so important because from what you're telling me, and you know what I know from my daughter being such a strong visual thinker, that there's a lot of boredom for these kids, um, mm-hmm. and they really need to be uh, educated and stimulated in a different way. So, how did this lead you to a path of education for her? Well, what Dr. Florence um, always says is that school basically is verbal land. School is about listening. School is about reading and writing. So for a visual thinker, school is a very difficult place. And I'm sure that you've heard of so many of the, the brilliant visual minds, you know, the Einsteins, Da Vinci, you know, they had trouble in school. Um, school is a verbal place. So Basically, we we tried to make um, her time in public school work, but we really just found it to be so difficult that we did find uh, an alternative school that teaches um, bright children who learn differently. So they really are attuned to the multiple intelligences. And I can just tell you that in that environment, she is thriving. It is night and day, and the anxiety levels have decreased significantly. That stress of school for this visual thinker is very, very difficult. So, you know, 
I, I, I had experienced that with my daughter when we found the right educational venue for her. The the world just opened up for her. It, it's really it's incredible. Um, and you know this is such an interesting topic. And Dr. Sherry Florence, um, you know Maverick Minds, um, and yourself are going to come back. We're going to do a full hour on this. I'm trying to find a time to give you an hour for this. Um, so you know any parent listening to this um, who thinks that you know maybe their child may have something like this, um, we're going to do a full special on it, and we're going to talk about how parents can identify this in children. Um, but you have a really great message for parents. Um, you know about the parents that you know see their children and they see the oppositional behaviors, the bad behaviors. Um, they they label them oppositional and lazy. And to them, what do you have to say? Well, I believe that children basically are good. Children want to please. Children want to succeed. When I hear parents say about their kids that they're lazy when they're having trouble in school, it just makes my skin crawl. Me too. It really, because, you know, who wouldn't want to succeed, right? Like, like Dr. Ross Green says, if they could, they would. You have to give That's them right. the tools. You know? And so as parents, we have to just keep looking, keep asking questions, and really try and find out and pull out what are the positive um, aspects of your child. Because life it's so much richer and more rewarding when you can see the positive aspects of your child than constantly dealing with the problem behaviors. And I was that parent, and um, through the journey I've taken, I'm in, in such a better place, and I, I view her as having such a bright future. Of course, like you said, is every day perfect? No, it's not always perfect, but I really do have so much hope for the future. I thank you so much for joining me today. I am so thrilled that you were my first guest. Um, thank you. Now, you 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 are an inspiration, and really, what you did is what every parent needs to do. You know, somewhere somewhere you're going to find something, and it just opens the door. So thank you, and as I said, we will be doing that special on this. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Well, everyone, this is the first taste of Inspiring Parents. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to be a guest, please email me at marianne at thecoffeeclatch.com. Oh, Angela, before we go, well, you have an unbelievable blog. Um, give us your blog address. Ah, okay. It is Meredith and Meribith. So it's uh, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H, and then switch the D around for Meribith. Meredith and Meribith dot blogspot dot com and basically I'm I'm chronicling all the fascinating adventures that Meredith's little assistant right. that she have all the time. You have to write that you have to make this into a book. This <laughs> we'll try someday. Is so good. No, I'm not kidding. It is so good. Um but really you know check out the blog and um you know, your your um your website for your photography is just absolutely beautiful. Angela finds beauty in children. What a surprise. Um, and her photography of children is just amazing. So, again, thank you for joining me, Angela. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and never give up hope. There are answers out there. Thank you for joining us.